0: not king of Israel right uh, Saul is still King uh, in fact right after this uh, Saul dies not long after this uh, Saul dies uh, and so David has really been a, been a criminal you know he started as a hero killing Goliath there in first Samuel 17 and we're here in chapter 30 and just in those few 13 chapters basically David is on the run from King Saul and, he, and he's uh, but he's got a band of of uh, of uh, buddies that uh, go around with them and they fight different things and try to help out Israel as much as they can. Uh, he was with the Philistines for a while, and, uh, and so uh, he had gone out. Uh, in, in fact, uh, I'm just going to read here in verse 1. This is in 1 Samuel chapter 30, verse 1. It says, And it came to pass when David and his men were come to Ziklag on the third day that the Amalekites had invaded the south in Ziklag and smitten Ziklag and burned it with fire. And taken women captives. So that's where they had set up camp, right? They had been out fighting, but they would set up camp at this city named Ziklag. Uh, and the Amalekites came and took, had taken the women captives that were therein. They, slew, uh, they didn't slew, slew any, either great or small, but carried them away and went on their way. And David and his men came to the city, and, behold, it was burned with fire, and their wives and their sons and their daughters were taken captive. And then David and the people that were with him lifted up their voice and wept until they had no more power to weep. So they were out, you know, all the men were out fighting, right? All the women and children were back at the camp. The enemy came and took them all, right? Didn't kill any, but took everything and burned the rest, burned all the stuff that they had. And David's two wives were taken captive, uh, Ahinoam and the Jezre- Jezreelites, and Abigail, the wife of uh, Nabal, the Carmelite. And David was greatly distressed. Well, why was David greatly distressed? This says, for the people spake of stoning him because the soul of all the people were grieved in every man for his sons and for his daughters. So David's the leader of all these guys, right? They come back, everything's been taken, and all the guys turn on David. Uh, we should stone David. Like it was, like it was David's fault, right? And, and so, uh, so what was David's response? Uh, and this is where I want to get to. It says, uh, but David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. And then after this, the Lord gave them instructions about what to do. They got everybody back and uh, and not only got uh, all the people back, but they got more stuff back than they lost uh, because of David's relationship with the Lord. Uh, But the key is, is David encouraged himself in the Lord. And I've just, the Lord's been having me meditate on this verse all week. David encouraged himself in the Lord. Amen. And, you know, sometimes that's all you've got. Is, all you've got is to encourage yourself in the Lord. And one of the greatest tactics that the enemy will do for any of us is get us to stop talking, get us to close our mouth, get us to stop saying anything. Because if we, if we stop saying anything, then faith is not going forward. Amen? But David encouraged himself in the Lord. And, and of course, it doesn't say what he say, but we, we have 150 psalms, you know, many of them written by David, and we see, you know, his heart in those things. And David oftentimes would say, Lord, you know, the enemy compassed me about. But you are my strong tower. You are, you are the strong name of Israel. You, you have a strong arm. Uh, and that's how David encouraged himself in the Lord, is he would do these psalms and hymns and spiritual songs and to declare, Lord, you're great. You're mighty. You're greater than the Amalekites. You're greater than the Philistine. You're greater than King Saul. You're greater than all of my enemies. And, but he'll tell the Lord what's going on, but oftentimes it's one or two verses tops, and the rest of the verses are, Lord, you're great and mighty. You can deliver me from anything. And, and so you know what i would encourage you to do is in the times when you when you just notice because you have to catch yourself right you have to catch yourself that lord I, I, i'm just all the weights of life are on me right now and it seems like those weights get on you and you, and you get smaller and smaller but the the key is you stop talking you stop saying things you stop declaring how big god is uh, and and if you'll just if you'll just Take whatever you've got on the inside of you. Just however much effort it takes is to start declaring, Lord, you are big. You are great. You are mighty. I cannot be defeated. I cannot be overcome. You love me. And one of the, you know, I, uh, more than anything, what encourages me is just, Lord, you love me. Because a lot of times people, Lord, you know, nobody could love you. You know, you're, nobody likes you. Everybody hates you. You're a sorry excuse for a human being. You know, you're a sorry excuse for a, for a husband, for a wife, for a father, for a pastor. You know, uh, I've had many people tell me those things. Uh, and uh, I just encourage myself in the Lord Because sometimes that's all you've got Sometimes that's that's the only way to get out of it, right? I mean, you can go through, you know, therapy You can go through medication You can go through lots of different situations But sometimes the only solution to get out of where you're at Is to encourage yourself in the Lord, right? You're not encouraging yourself like I'm going to be okay, I'm going to make it, it, it that's, not, that's not encouraging yourself Encouraging yourself is, Lord, you're big Lord, you're capable Lord, you're mighty You're strong you're, you, are, you have been undefeated you have a thousand and zero uh, wins, amen. He has never lost ever. And Lord, if you've never lost, I can never lose. And so that's how you encourage yourself. You you encourage yourself by telling God how big He is. Not that He needs to hear it, but you need to hear it, amen. And you need to speak it out of your own your own mouth, right? You need to say it with your own words. And I can guarantee you, a hundred times out of a hundred, if you'll do that, whatever the mully grubs are in, you'll get out of them, amen. If you're feeling oppressed in your in your heart and your mind, if you start declaring how big God is. A hundred times out of a hundred, if you'll stick with it, I can guarantee you it'll all leave. It'll vanish like like the morning fog. Amen. Uh, and David did it. I mean, the, the people closest to David, right here, the, I mean, these are his guys, right? These are the guys that go out and fight and kill things, right? These are his guys. And we're going to stone you, David, right? What well, do we stone the Amalekites, right? Stone them. Uh, well, you know, we don't know are We're going to stone you. And he, by himself, he encouraged himself in the Lord. Amen and and it's just a it's just a great verse and uh, uh it's been a great blessing to me over the years to just think about that and do this amen uh i can't tell you that there's uh, well i can tell you for sure there's never been a time when i've ever done this that i didn't get out of whatever was on me amen at that time because life happens right things happen amen the the car explodes or the you know mail doesn't run or the bank is closed or whatever you know the lights are all turned red uh, you know, uh, some things happen. Life happens. Amen. The Lord never said life wouldn't happen. Amen. But he did say you can encourage yourself in the Lord. And uh, and, and and I'd put all the money I have on it. Amen. And uh, uh, guaranteed, 100%. Uh, in a, and if you don't know what to say, go start reading the Psalms. Amen. Because they're great. You know, uh, it just, uh, David said, you know, the comp- uh, the enemies compass me round about. Right. Uh, and that's it. But, Lord, you're great and mighty, you know, and you, and you move on my behalf and you're strong and, and undefeated. And um, and so I just want to encourage you about that. Amen. Because I know uh, they people tell us, I don't, you know, I don't really know, but they tell us at this time of year, there's a lot of depression in the world because of uh, the holidays. You know, it shouldn't be right. But uh, there's a lot of depression in holidays, you know, because of things, whatever reasons, you know, there's a lot of reasons for it. Uh, but you don't have to experience, you know, you are not required to be that way. Amen you are not required to, to ever uh, be in the mulligrubs, amen? Uh, and if you are, you just uh, encourage yourself in the Lord, amen? Uh, and and uh, uh, it's, it's a great, uh, it's great medicine, amen? Well, let's stand and greet us for just a minute, and we'll get into praise and worship. Thank you, Father. Father, more than we'll ever know, you desire good things for us. Father, you desire us to be full of joy and peace, Father. Thank you. And Father, we thank you that you sent your very own Son into the earth to live and die on our behalf. And Father, in this, this season of celebration, we remind ourselves in the world that you indeed did come. As a child, Father, born, In a small town, Father, in a small country, not with fanfare, but, Father, in an obscure village. And you did that, Father, to bless us, to show us how much you care for us. Father, to give up your own son for us, to allow him to come and to minister to us. The very creator of all the worlds came to us to bless us and to increase us, Father. And then suffer the shame of the cross on our behalf. Father, I often think about Jesus laying on the cross and looking out, Father, into everything that He created with His own hands. He created the earth. He created the people of the earth. And yet He's hanging on a tree that He created father you said in your word that he despised the shame that for the joy that was set before him Father, we are the joy that was set before him he didn't see the criminals father and the sinners and the people that had laid him on the cross he saw people that had hope to come to eternity he saw me he saw the people in this church and father joy rose up in his heart if I, if I do this if I lay on the cross if I shed blood all these people that I see all these people in the future will have a right and a privilege to come and join with me in all eternity if I accept the work that I do here on this cross great joy rose up in his, in his heart Father he could see me Father thousands of years out into the future as he laid on that cross and it brought joy to his heart Father, we're so thankful that you were kind enough to do that for us. We're so thankful, Father, that you chose to die for us. And Lord, it's such a small thing for for me to lay down my life for you. To allow you to be the great Lord of my life, the King and the Savior of my life. To do as you please, Father, and as you instruct. It's such a small thing, Father me to, to spend this short time on the earth so that I can be with eternity with you in heaven, Father. It's such a small thing, Father. And it's of great value. I do it, Father. With greatness of joy in my heart, knowing that I will spend eternity with you. Thank you, Father your goodness and mercy thank you father for the power that you've given to us your church father to power to make right to raise the dead and heal the sick father to deliver the captives to do all the things that you said that you were anointed to do to heal the brokenhearted and give sight to the blind and hearing to the deaf father you've not stopped in your ministry on the earth you've just moved it to the responsibility of the church We are your hands and feet in the earth, Father. We are the very body of Christ. And Father, we will lay hands on the sick and we shall see them recover. Father, if need be, we will walk on water and we will calm the storms, Father. And Father, we will live in the great peace that Jesus lived in in the midst of the storm to be unmoved, Father, and to not fret and worry. Father, for if, you're, if you are for us, and you are, who or what can be against us? Father, there's no natural enemy that can be against us greater than you, Father. There's no natural circumstance, Father, in this world that we will experience that is greater than you. In fact, you said in your word, Father, that greater is he that's in me. That's in me right now, Father, than he that's in the entire world. There's no, no person, no event, Father, greater than what I contain in my heart right now. So, Father, we live in victory. We live above and not beneath. We live, Father, blessed going in and blessed going out, Father. We live, Father, where everything we lay our hands to prospers. We live, Father, in the fullness of joy and in the Spirit of God. We choose to live that way, Father. Father, these are the same words that David spoke as he encouraged himself in the Lord, that you are mighty and great and a great victor in the earth, the winner of all battles, Father. Father, you cannot be defeated and you cannot be overcome. And if it's true, Father, and it is that I cannot be defeated and I cannot be overcome, Father. Father, we say the same words that David declared, Father, when he met the giant on the battlefield. Who is this uncircumcised Philistine who defied the armies of the living God? Father, we are the armies of the living God. Father, you are living today, and you live on the inside of me. Father, there is work to be done in the earth. Your kingdom must be advanced. Father, people's lives must be snatched out of the very pits of hell, out of the flames of hell, Father. Even in their last breath, Father, we can save some. Even those, Father, who have declared all their life we believe in know God will in their last breath of life cry out for salvation, Father. And you're merciful and kind, Father. And you allow them to, to escape the very pits of hell. They'll feel the flames of hell and the cold and darkness, Father, of hell. And they'll cry out to the living God, Father. And in moments like that, Father, there'll be some that we will snatch out of that very destiny. We are the carriers of the power of God. Father, we contain all the same power that created the universe. Every Adam, Father, in the universe, Father, was created by the Spirit of God. That power lives on the inside of me. Father, we will allow no devil to oppress us, no thought to overwhelm us, Father, no emotion to run our lives. We are the church of the living God. Father, David didn't even even speak the, the, the name of Goliath. Father, that's how little he thought of the enemy. Father, we fear no enemy. We fear no spirit. Father, we fear no person. We fear no event, Father. We live without fear. Thank you, Father. We will encourage ourselves in the Lord, Father. Great and mighty are you in our lives. Father, we thank you. Thank you, Father. You are the great and mighty one of Israel. And you live big on the inside of me, Father. And we thank you for it, Father. We give you all praise and honor. Thanksgiving in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, praise God. That's how you encourage yourself in the Lord. Amen. Are you all feel encouraged? You know, I feel encouraged. Amen. And so if you you don't feel encouraged, you need to get a copy of that tape, right? And so, amen. The Lord is good. Amen. Praise God. You know, if you'll spend some time in prayer like that, uh, uh, your words will straighten up. Amen. Your thought life will straighten up. Your life will straighten up. Amen. It becomes easier and easier to live for the Lord. You know, uh, how many people say that? Uh, how often have you heard people say it's hard uh, being a Christian? It's hard being a Christian. Easiest thing in the world being a Christian. Easiest thing in the world not to live like the world. Amen. Uh, and there's benefits, to it. Amen. You live free from sickness and disease, free from poverty and lack, free from being overwhelmed by emotions. Amen. Free from your yesterday and your past. Everybody got a past. You know, everybody's got a past. Amen. Uh, and uh, well, except for my grandson, he's only four months old, so he doesn't really have much of a past, you know. Uh, but, um, but we can live just like he lives. You know, he doesn't get up every day worrying, you know, like, oh, what am I going to do? You know, yesterday, you know, I, I made a dirty diaper, and, you know, now my whole life is over. And, you know, I, I, my mom and dad are mad at me now. And, and um, he doesn't care. He doesn't care at all. I can guarantee he doesn't care. Uh, and so he doesn't have to worry at all. Uh, and so, praise God. Wouldn't it nice to be like to. Wouldn't it not be nice to live like that? Amen. <clears throat> uh, you know, people, uh, it's amazing to me, people love to bring up your past. Amen. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, and, um, you know, that sounds just like the devil. You know? uh, and uh, if he keeps on bringing up your past, just uh, bring up his future. Amen. That's, right. That's, right. Uh, that's one good way to do it. You know, well, it may be, I may have done all those things, but I'm on my way to heaven. Where are you headed? You know, <laughs> uh, something called the lake of fire, right? <laughs> well, how's that going to work out for you? Amen. And, and uh, you know, it must be tough being the devil. You know, he's read the Bible. Now, he knows it's coming. Amen. He knows no way around it. There's no way around it. I mean, it's going to happen. Amen. He's holding his breath. He don't know when it's going to happen. You know, we don't know when it's going to happen. Amen. Uh, you know, the Bible says that when we see the devil for what he is, we're all going to be like, that's it. All, all this time, that's it. That's all you got. We've been afraid of this, all, all these centuries, you know, and the big bad devil. We're going to be like, that's it. Uh, you know, people that have feared the devil, they're going to be really surprised when they actually see him for what he is. Amen. Uh, and, and um, you know, I'm not afraid of the devil at all. You know, he's just, he's just a punk and he's just, a, he, he's just, a, he's a bully is what he is, right? Bullies his, his way into people's lives, amen? And um, and he's, he's sneaky too. I mean, you think about intelligent human beings say there's no God. That's going to be the, the dumbest statement ever, right? How, how can any intelligent human being look in the earth and say there's no God? Amen. Look at a tree, a blade of grass, a bug, anything, you know, and t- tell me there's no God. I mean, how, how in the world can an intelligent human being, you know, all of nature draws you to the Lord? Amen. Uh, you know, we didn't grow up in church. I didn't know anything about church. But, I, you know, I've always known there's a God. I can't remember a time when I didn't know there was a God. And I don't know how I know there's a God. I know that I know how I know because the Bible says that all of creation declares that the, there's a God in heaven. And, 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 you know, I had nobody preach to me. I had nobody witness to me. But I've always known from, from you know, from my earliest memories that there's a God. Amen. <clears throat> and, and, and I think everybody's that same way. But we, all, somewhere along the way, we get intelligent, right? Uh, and, and we get smarter than God. And, and you ever met people smarter than God? Oh, I'm so smart, I can't hardly stand it, you know. And, and uh, <laughs> how can you be so dumb? I mean, it's just the dumbest thing to not believe in God. Amen. Yeah, and I know, you know, uh, the church has really not done a great job of selling this, right? We've wrapped it up in how long is your skirt, how long is your hair, right? How much makeup you got on and foolishness and waste of time like that over the years and, instead of the power of God and creation, amen? Uh, and if we would get things back on track with the Lord uh, and, and follow his plan, you know, his plan, if you go to Acts eight, his plan was, don't go and tell anybody. Don't witness to anybody. Don't go into a single per- don't tell a single person about me yet, until you're endued with supernatural miracle-working power. Right. Then I'll let you be witnesses. That's what his plan was, according to Acts one eight. That was his plan. Don't go anywhere. You know. Don't make you know uh, tracks in the Roman road and force spiritual laws. Don't come up with any trickery and you know intellectual you know uh, uh, arguments about my existence. Just go raise somebody from the dead. Everybody be glad to hear you, right? And that's, that's the example we see in Acts chapter 8 when Philip went down. Is that they gave heed to the, to the things that he said, seeing the miracles that he did. You know, people are all glad to hear. Anything you say, you raise somebody from the dead, cleanse a leper or two, right? Uh, Let's hey, um, listen and see what this guy's got to say. That was the plan. That's always been the plan of, of, of witnessing for the Lord is just go pray for somebody, amen, and, and get them healed, get them delivered, get them set free. And they'll be glad to listen to anything you've got to say. Amen. You know, you try to, uh, we, uh, and I've done it. I mean, you know, we've all, by law, you're required to go do it at least once. You know, I went to the beaches at, you know, Daytona Beach during, or was it Fort Lauderdale Beach during, during Christmas break, you know, to go try to witness to a bunch of drunk college kids, you know. And then I don't remember you were there, right? And you, you witnessed to them. And we got, you know, one or two people who, who at least said the sinner's prayer. Hopefully they, they were sincere in it. Uh, but, um, I like the Lord's plan a lot better. I think it's a much, much more effective plan. Amen. Um, that they will give heed to the things that you say, seeing the miracles that you do. Uh, and, and so, praise God. Well, let's open up our Bibles to the book of Matthew chapter 5. Uh, we'll continue there today. We, we've been going through um, the uh, Sermon on the, on the Mount, and we got down to um, uh, verse 38 of, of Matthew chapter 5 here. And let's just read, starting here in verse 38, it says, For you have heard that it had been said, an eye for an eye, and a tooth for a tooth. But I say unto you that you resist not evil, but whosoever shall smite thee on thy right cheek, turn him to the other also. And if any man will sue thee at the, at the law, and take away thy coat, let him have thy cloak also. And whosoever shall compel thee to go a mile, go with him twain, give to him the axis thee, and for him that would borrow of thee, turn not thou away. Uh, and so... Uh, so what we do, what we're supposed to do with these verses, right, from, from verse 38 to 42 is turn this into a, into a law, right? So no matter what, we have to do these things, no matter, no questions asked, right? So like we get down to uh, whoever asks of thee uh, and borrow of thee, turn not away, right? So everybody, no matter what their background is, no matter what they're doing, you've got to give to them, right? And so, you know, if, if the world would ever figure this out, they'd just go and take all the money from the church and walk out the door, right? Uh, in Uh, No, that's, you know, we don't turn the New Testament into an Old Testament law. Because that's what he's saying is the first part of it is you heard that it's been said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. Uh, And, you know, people love the legalism, right? Uh, And, and, you know, I I went through this when I was, when I first got saved, you know, I was reading the Old Testament and I remember reading verses like this, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth, you know, don't do this, do that. And I thought this is brilliant, right? As a, a, as a 15 year old Bible scholar, I thought this was brilliant, Right. Lord, just tell us all the things we can do over here. Tell us all the things we can't do over here. And that's all we have to hear from you. That's, we don't ever have to hear from you again, right? That's it. That's the last thing we've got to hear from you is just tell me all the things I can't do and tell me all the things I can't do. Well, how big of a book do you think that would be, right? You've got to go to a red light. Do you turn right, turn left, or go straight? Well, that's got to be somewhere in the book, right? Now, hang on, let me flip over here. I don't know what to do. Uh, you know, what should I do? And, you, and it's there right there. Okay, if you come to a red light, you know, and it's on Tuesday, then take a left. Okay, I can do that. And we love that, right? We love that because the reason why we love that is we don't have to hear from heaven, right? Then we can do it all on our own power, right? God doesn't have to tell us anything. He doesn't have to instruct us in any way. It's always this way. It's never not this way. But the problem is that those those situations never... You can't cover every scenario with law, amen? And so what, what Ezekiel prophesied is that I'm going to write my law in your heart. And that's what he wants us to live in is... The law of God is in our heart by the Holy Spirit. So we know, Lord, in this situation, what should I do? When I get to this situation, what should I do? Should I go this way? Should I go that way? And you know, the thing is, today you'll go this way, but tomorrow he may want you to go that way. Well, no, I don't, I, Lord, I yesterday went that way. Yeah, but today I need you. No, Lord, you know, we, we've already done it once that way. That's it, right? Forever, don't ever change that again, right? And, and so, no, he wants us to live by the Spirit. He wants us to live so that we know in every situation what to do. Uh, and so in this scenario, uh, uh, where, where it said about, uh, if they smite you on the right cheek, turn to him the other also, right? So how legalistic, uh, can you be at that, right? So if if they only hit you on the right cheek, then you, then you give them the other cheek, right? But only the right cheek. So if they hit you first on the left cheek, then, then you're fair game to, to hit them back, right? That's, that's fair, right? Is that, is that what, is that okay? No. And people say, well, you you can't do that. Well, that's how legalistic you want to be, right? I mean, how, uh how far do you take the legalism uh, and so it's not about the legalism it's about what well, uh, the point is you don't retaliate amen uh, and, and that's the whole point uh, if you look at through all all, uh, all the life of Jesus you know he didn't retaliate we read the story there in Luke chapter 4 about what they took him up to the cliff uh, throw him over the cliff well he didn't retaliate right he let him take him all the way to the cliff but he didn't just yeah boys I'm supposed to turn the other cheeks so just go and throw me over the cliff it's fine did, it, did he let them throw him over the cliff no, he walked to the midst of them. One time they were going to stone him. What did he do there? He walked to the midst of them. So, uh, but he didn't retaliate, and and that's really what it means to turn the other cheek. Is is there's no retaliation in my heart, and that's the key. Is when they're doing these things and, and, and evil is coming towards you, what's in your heart? Is your heart to retaliate? Is it, well, I'll just wait till they. I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not, you know, they could hit me now, but you just wait till tomorrow, right? And, and you're making a list, right? Someone says something to you, and and, and it's like. OK, uh, you know, I, I can't do anything right now, but you just watch out. Right. And, and uh, you know, Brother Hagin, always love his stories because when he was a kid, he was really sickly. And so he was real weak and couldn't do anything. And somebody do something to him and he just make a note. And so what he would do is he take a he called it a brick bat and obviously and like a brick, but 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 uh, he was so weak. You know, he couldn't fight him directly, so they, he's waiting to, let, like, sitting down on the playground or something and take a brick up beside him and just hit him upside the head. One kid, he knocked out, knocked him out, right? Uh, can you imagine taking a brick and hitting somebody? I mean, that, that's, you're mad and bitter about that right there, right? That's bitterness right there. Uh, but have you ever done that? Make a list? Well, you've done it to me. Just one that you just won't ever know, right? You won't know what hits you, right? Uh, and, th- and that's what he's talking about. Even if you never do it, what's in your heart? Amen. Because see, Jesus is moving us away from just being the legalism of, of, okay, I saw you do that to, I saw you wanted to do that. And, and, and from the perspective of Jesus, it's just as bad to want to do it as it is to do it. Amen. So what we've got to do is get through in our hearts where it's not there. There's no want to in there. Amen. And we may have just the thought, but it's not a a plan and a desire. Yeah, Tuesday, 3 o'clock, I know I've been checking you out. You know, you you get out of work every day at 3 o'clock. And at 310, you hit the first red light. At 315, you hit the second red light. You know, and at 316, you're right there. That road, I'm going to be right there, you know. And and I know you're going to be there. Uh, So you start making plans and strategies and, you know, uh, then we've got a problem. Amen. So it's not because we... Wasn't Jesus actually struck uh, on the cheek? Wasn't he struck there uh, when he went through the mockery of a trial? And he never turned the other cheek. He didn't say, oh, hit me again. He never did that. But he never retaliated, amen? He never, because he could have, right? He could have just said anything and they would have been gone from existence, erased from existence, right? He could have just said a word and and a a thousand angels could have come and just, you know, buried them in the backyard somewhere uh, and never be heard from again. He could have done a lot of things. He never retaliated, amen? And he never, because it was in his heart. And, and that's the key uh, for us as the church is we've got to get to where we're living just as the same on the outside as we are on the inside. That whatever we are on the outside is what's on the inside of us. So, you know, because we're too polite to actually hurt somebody and slash somebody's tires, but we'll think about it, All right? We'll, we'll, you know, we'll get the knife, we'll sharpen it. I'm never going to do it, but I'll be ready, you know. Uh, and, and so, uh, you know, we may never actually commit the action, but we'll plan it strategize it. We might even put it on the schedule, right? On the calendar. If I could, I'd do it. Do it you know, if I could, Tuesday's my day, right? I'm probably not going to, but if I could, I would. if I could get away with it, I would. And that's the, that's the problem is when your thoughts are, if I could get away with it, I would. Because uh, we know, well, I know God's always watching, so I'm, I'm not going to do it. But I would if he wasn't watching, you know, if he just blinked one time, I would. See, that, that's the problem he's trying to get us out of is where it's not in our hearts, right? Where it's not, where, where that darkness is not there because we... Our job here on this earth is to advance the kingdom of heaven. That's it. That's the only reason why we're here. Everything in our lives have to be driven towards advancing the kingdom of heaven. Whatever gifts and talents the Lord has given to us, we utilize that to advance the kingdom. All this other stuff is just, it's it's a waste of effort. It's a waste of time to retaliate. I mean, so what if they get one over on you? Doesn't the Lord have your back? You know, uh, doesn't the Lord take care of you? Amen. People think they get one over on you, right? Oh, I, I snookered them out of a dollar. I don't care. I could care less. The Lord's got dollars everywhere. Amen. I, I, I just don't lose any sleep over somebody thinking they got one over on me. At all. Uh, in fact, you know, the Lord told me years ago not to defend myself. And I told you one guy one time in church. Stood up in church. and Said, Chip Bullough gives bad financial advice. He stood up in the church and said those words. Now Now, everybody in the church is thinking that I give bad financial advice. Well, I need to fix my reputation. I can't have them thinking that I give bad financial advice. You know what I did about it? Nothing. You know who I corrected those lies to? No one. I didn't go, up, well, you know, he said that, but it's not really true. You know, I'm I really do pretty good at, at good financial advice, you know. Just let me know, but we won't tell them. But I, No one. I didn't, I didn't correct a single lie, not one. I had one person call me up and say, hey, did you do so-and-so? No. Go, Why would you even ask me? You've known me for years. Why would you? Ask? Well, so-and-so thinks you did that. Well, I didn't do that. And I don't remember what the thing, the thing was that asked me if I did. I didn't do it. They said, "Well, you need to call them and tell them you didn't do that." There ain't no way. There's no way I'm calling anybody up and correcting what they think about me. Nobody, because then, because then, then I've got a reputation. I've always got. To, I've got a. Well, you know, they think that about me, so I have got to make sure they don't think that about me. I could care less. I mean, zero. There's like you know, if you could see the meter of how much I care, zero, right? People think you know. I told you someone. I can't go to that church over here. They can't come to my church. Why not? Well, he smokes. They said that. they think, I, th- I think he smokes, so I can't go to church there. Is that a, is that a reason not to go to church? I mean, uh, I mean, is that a thing? I didn't know. A, the pastor smokes, you know. Uh, but I don't smoke. And, and in fact, I've never even touched a cigarette to my mouth, ever, you know. Uh, I've been around a lot of cigarettes, you know, over the years. I mean, my whole family smoked like sailors, right? I mean, that, that unfiltered kind, the camel, the high octane, right, you know. Let's see how fast we can kill ourselves. And, and so... Uh, Smoke, you know, I've been around, but never, not a single time. And, and uh, did I call him, tell him, I, I don't smoke. Please come back to church. No, it is not my job to correct your thoughts about me. Amen. Well, I can't go to the church there. I don't care. You know, you can't come to church because you think I, just call me. Hey, hey do you smoke? I well, know. You know, uh, and, and so, uh, I mean, I, you know, that's just an excuse, right? They, they didn't leave here because they thought I smoked. They wanted to leave here, and so they just made up something. And so, you know, I don't care, you know, but, but um, see, there's no retaliation. There, there's, I, I, there's no retaliation in my heart. You, you want to stand up and say something unkind about me? You know what I'll do about it? Nothing. I'll probably pray for you is what I'll do. But, but, but other than that, I, I won't correct it. What if everybody thinks that? It doesn't matter. Well, you can't live that way. I've lived that way pretty well so far. feel pretty happy every day, right? Well, so-and-so thinks bad about you. I don't really care. The Lord's on my side. If he's on my side, if he really loves me, is he not going to take care of me? Well, I mean, is He? do I not believe that? I surely believe that the Lord will, will deliver me. Amen. Uh, that the Lord will always be on my side. Uh, amen. And so I have no need to retaliate. I have no need to, to, to defend myself. Uh, for years, people said un- terrible, unkind things about me. T- trying to destroy my for years, right? Trying to destroy my character. Uh, and say all manner of evil of things that I did, and, and, and uh, you know, well, you're against the pastor, you know, and you're trying to, my, my pastor stood up in the pulpit one time and said, Chip Bowley is trying to take over this church. He said that from the pulpit. I'm trying to take over the church, like a coup, right? And, and you know what I did as far as trying to take over the church? Nothing, never one time. I could stand before the Lord Jesus with a pure heart and say I did nothing ever to undermine that ministry, ever. Not a single time, uh, because uh, I made sure, you know, because you always got people in a, in a church, you know, there was 150 people or so at the church there. You always got somebody who's just against the pastor, right? Uh, and, and so they'd want to hook up with you. Oh, he's against you. Let, let's do something about it. And I'd have people try to come bef- befriend me to kind of try to, you know, establish a coup against uh, No, I'd, st- I'd do this right here. Uh, anybody watch the Titans, Derek Henry, you know, stiff arm guy? That's why I do a stiff arm, you know. You, you want to try and get me to be against somebody else? i you know. I'll do this right here. You know, I'm not doing that. That uh, that that is, that is uh, folly right there. Uh, and so, so Jesus was talking about, "You hit me again. Do it again." He never did that. But in his heart, there was no retaliation, that, and that's the whole key, right? It wasn't like, "Well, you did it to me. I've got to do it to you." That, that's and and the law loves that. We love that law, don't we? Right? Well, it's only fair. You know, it, it's it's not about fair, right? It's it just. Uh, it's just, uh, now, why can we live this way? Why should we live this way? <clears throat> because uh, as terrible as those human beings are, there's still a chance for them to make it to heaven. Amen? If you shoot them in a in the backyard, that's the last chance they got, right? And so uh, we, we don't need to be retaliating because uh, our thoughts have to be long-term. Our thoughts have to be thoughts of, of eternity. Amen? Not of the here and now and what's in it for me and how can I get ahead and how can I protect myself? It it can't be about all that because we're going to, it's just a waste of time to be that way. Amen. Uh, And so we talked about uh, Jesus there. And then he talked about going to court, uh, taking your coat. And that coat there is talking about your shirt and your cloak. There's your jacket. uh, And um, anybody ever been sued for their shirt? I like your shirt. I'm taking you to court. Anybody ever? But, you know, back then these these things were precious, right? I mean, uh, uh, clothing was precious, right? Because it was, you think about the effort it would take to make a whole A whole outfit back in the day right it was a real effort now nowadays there's no effort right the small children in China make it for us all the time and it it doesn't cost anything and so but back then these were valuable things right shirts and cloaks and uh, were valuable Uh, and so just real quick we're not going to go into all the detail about it but Paul talks about this in 1st Corinthians chapter 6 Uh, and again uh, it's the, the, the point is to not retaliate right uh, and um, we have no example of of Jesus being taken to court, right? Uh, and um, trying to trying to get him uh, to give his coat. We saw that at the cross when they when they uh, uh, you know cast lots for his clothes. Uh, but Paul does say something uh, similar to this in First Corinthians chapter six, and it really kind of goes along with what Jesus said. So we'll just read it real quick. Um, and, and he says in verse one, it says, "Dare." Any of you having a matter against another go to the law before the unjust and not before the saints. Do you not know that the saints shall judge the world? That's an interesting uh, statement right there, right? The saints, that's us, will judge the world. You know, it's not only God's going to judge the world, we're going to be involved in that. Now, we don't have any other details about, you know, except a few hints about it like this. But he said, the saints shall judge the world. And if the world shall be judged by you, are you unworthy to judge the smallest matters? Uh, And he said, not only that, he says, know you not that we shall judge angels. You think about that. We, as the saints of God, the church, are going to judge both the world and angels. Now that shows us what position we are with God. Amen. Because not only did we judge the world, those that didn't make it to the to the Lord, to the church, uh, but we're going to judge angels. Uh, does anybody in here feel qualified to judge an angel? We feel really inadequate. to even thoughts about that, but we are. Amen. And things would be a lot different when we see. Uh, see the spirit realm and live over there but we're going to judge the world and judge angels <clears throat> and uh, you know you kind of have to leave it at that because we don't have much more insight into the word of God other than these two statements here uh, but he's talking about uh, why are, the context of what he's talking about here is the church at Corinth was people inside the church two people get mad at each other and they'd go to court right they go down to the courthouse here they'd uh, bring up a lawsuit against somebody they'd try to get them you know whatever the, the thing they was against you know uh, and, um, and, and try to win in court against them. And Paul's like, why are you doing this? Uh, he said, uh, if, if we as a church right here, all you people right here, uh, all the people I'm looking at right now, all of us are going to be judging the, uh, the whole world and angels. So why can't you figure out, you know, uh, uh, the conflict about the parking spot outside? Uh, why can't you co- uh, figure out the conflict of your business dealings uh, at church? Uh, surely, if you're going to judge that in the future, you can judge between these natural matters here on the earth. And that's what Paul is saying, that surely you have enough wisdom to do that. And how do we have enough wisdom to do that? Well, God lives on the inside of you. Amen. Doesn't the greatest uh, uh, judge of all uh, eternity live on the inside of you right now? Doesn't doesn't he have the wisdom to to discern any situation and what's right and what's wrong? Can't he do that? And that's that's what Paul's point is here. Uh, He said... Uh, he said, if, if then you have judgments of things pertaining to this life, set them to judge who are least esteemed in a church. I speak to your shame. Uh, is it so that there is not a wise man among you? No, no not one that shall be able to judge between his brethren. But brother, go bef- but brother goeth to law with brother and that before the unbelievers. So he's really telling, you know, uh, that... Um, you know, if you've got conflict with each other in a church, and you know, the, uh, the church at Jerusalem, there's estimates there's as many as 80,000 people in church. You think that there's going to be some times when somebody's in conflict with somebody else? There's always going to be people in conflict with somebody, you know. But we, but we should have the wisdom to deal with it in ourselves, amen? Yeah. And um, I know one time my pastor uh, said uh, there was a conflict between uh, the lady who was running the women's group and the, the young man that was running the college age group. Uh, and they were scheduling the the, uh, the fellowship hall at the church, and there was some conflict about the schedule. He said, you go deal with it. Okay. Uh, and so I said, what's going on? Well, the lady that was running us, she said, well, last year, so a year ago, uh, last year, he went over his time. He's supposed to be out at 1 o'clock. He didn't get out you know, at 1 o'clock. He's, I'm supposed to have it at 1 o'clock. He didn't get out at 1 o'clock. I like, okay, okay. Uh, did you do that? Oh, yeah. I said, so what's the conflict now? Well, he needs to make sure he gets out on time. Okay. And I said, so uh, I asked the guy, I said, you're going to get out on time today? Yeah. I said, okay, is that it? Are we done? Well, he needs to make sure. Oh, he just said he would. Yeah, but he, he was late last year. Okay, but he said he'd get out this year. Is there something else? I mean, I'm trying to, I'm trying to figure out, is there something I'm missing here, right? He was late, because okay, he was late last year, right? He said he wouldn't be late this year. So, like, you want me to take an arm or a leg or something just for in case? I mean, you know, like, so he was, she, she was still mad even after he said, I'll, I'll get out on time. Yeah, but he didn't last year. Okay. Uh, you know, and it's like, now I'm still, even to this day, I'm still like, I still, uh, what was the conflict? Right? Okay, he was late. Well, did the world stop? I mean, you know, did the women not get their finger foods quite in time? Well, you know, their finger foods were cold. Well, aren't they cold to begin with? Right? I mean, I don't know. I, you know, I mean, what was what was it? So what? They're late. Did the world stop? Right? Did did small children go without food or something? I mean, what was what was the what was the result of them being late? Well, they were late. Okay. I mean, and and she just made this huge deal over something. i mean, even now. This is like twenty years ago. Even now, I'm thinking, I still don't know why she was so mad about it. It was a year before that, right? That it happened anyway, and she's still mad about it a year later. Uh, he said. I speak this to your saying. You know, she wanted to take it to the, like the local court there, I guess, you know, the judge, you know, that you need to judge this, you know. And, and Paul, Paul is like, look, you've got the Spirit of God in you. And, and my opinion is anybody in the church, we could, we could work it out. I have found that many times that's not so on their end, right? I mean, there's been a couple of times when, you know, not many times, you know, but um, one time the Lord said, you go talk to so-and-so. Okay. And so I'm driving, you know, I'll call, hey, can I come to your house, talk to you? Yeah, okay. And, and the Lord spoke these words to me. He said, what kind of a man are they? That's a really an interesting question. What kind of a man are they? And, it, you know, we just got to be careful The Lord ask you questions, you know. And, and, and really, you know, he had done some things wrong in the church, and and, and really he needed to repent. That's what, that would have been the ideal, right? Because, you know, the Lord sent me to, the Lord sent me to him, right? You go talk to him. Because normally, you know, it's like, Lord, unless you say something, I'll just let it ride, you know, unless you go deal with it. Okay, I'll go deal with the Lord. What kind of a man is he? And I'm thinking, well, if he was a, if he, you know, I was was giving him benefit of the doubt, right? I was thinking, well, if he's the right kind of man, when I explained to him what he did, he should, well, then then I ask you to forgive me. That would have been the correct response, because he was wrong, you know. And wrong is wrong, amen? Uh, And and, um, instead, he read me the riot act about how sorry of a pastor I was, and can't do anything, I'm not running the ministry right, and... You know, I don't have this going on. I don't have it going on. I'm like, go start your own church. I mean, you know, who cares, right? I mean, you don't like how I'm running the churches? There's buildings everywhere, right? You can't have this building. We're using it. But, you know, there's buildings everywhere except for this one. Uh, and, and, um, uh, and, and after he said all that, you know, uh, I didn't retaliate. I, I, I stood up. Well, uh, the only thing I did say to him, I said, well, uh, and just the Lord prompted me to say this. He said, I said, there's uh, everything you just said. I said, there's, there's a thousand reasons why everything you said is wrong. And I said it about like that. I wasn't mad about it, but I said, everything you said, there's a thousand reasons why everything you said. I said, I hope you find a pastor that can help you. Because you said, if you don't change, I'm leaving the church. I mean, you want to throw that on me? You know, that's like a, a nanosecond to, you know, you're going to demand that I, I, I minister the way you want me to minister or you're leaving the church. That's like a nanosecond. Not even a nanosecond. That's being generous, Right. There's no thoughts of, of that, that I'm going to submit to you uh, just like you. Are you going to submit to me what you do every day at your life? Right. Before you do it. I mean, that's just, you know, that's foolishness. Right. Am I, am I your God? Well, I'm not your God any more than you're my God. Amen. Uh, and, and, and to do that, you know, it just it was really embarrassing. I was embarrassed for him, to be honest, just embarrassed that a human being would do that. Right. To, to demand that that I submit to him, you know, because uh, he said, I mentioned uh, Brother Hagin's name too much. He said, you love Brother Hagin more than Jesus. <laughs> I said, really? Really, more than Jesus? Yeah. Have you ever met me? You know, I mean, have we not ever met before at all? Uh, and so, you mentioned his name more than Jesus. Really? More than Jesus? Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, you got a log. Can I see the log book? I mean, you know, how do you know? Are you counting them? There's a tick mark right there, he said, you know. Uh, and, and so, uh, I mean, it's just, it's just foolishness, right? Uh, but there's no retaliation in my heart, you know, at all. Uh, and, you know, uh, if he walked in today, I'd be glad to see him, right? I'm keep an eye on him, but I'd be glad to see him. <laughs> and, and, uh, because he's a troublemaker, right? He, every church he goes to, he's a troublemaker. Uh, and so, you know, the, and Paul said, mark those. Mark those, right? Keep an eye on them. Uh, and, and, uh, and so, but we ought to be able to, we, as intelligent, wise people with the Spirit of God on each side of us, we ought to be able to, to resolve conflicts among us, Right? But Paul goes on to say in verse 7, he said, Now, uh, therefore, there is utterly a fault among you because you go to law. Why, why do you not rather take the wrong? Why do, you rather, why do you not rather suffer yourselves to be defrauded? You know, and so Paul's talking about two scenarios here, right? He said, you know, you could, if you've got conflict, deal with it. But even if you've got conflict, just, just, you know, it's okay to even take the hit. Sometimes you've got to take the hit and just and believe that well, God's on my side. He's going to take care of me. No matter what happens to me, I'm always okay. And you have to have confidence in it. I have great confidence in that. No matter what people do to me, say about me, do against me, I'm okay. I'm always going to be okay. If I have to take the defrauding of somebody lying on me or lying on this ministry or accusing me of smoking or whatever, I mean, you know, I'll take the hit. You can defraud me all you want. I don't care. Because God's on my side. I will always be okay. I will always be fine. I will always be healthy. I will always be prosperous. I will always uh, have a good relationship with the Lord Jesus. And if you want to defraud me, uh, I, more, than, more often than not, I won't do anything about it. I won't even try to resolve it. Now, if you come to me about it, you know, I'll try to resolve it. If you, want, if you want to come to me and resolve a conflict with me, that's fine. But if you want to just go out and just do things and stir up stuff, you know, I'm not taking you to court at all. Amen? I'm not going to... Well, they, they committed libel, right? The sedition and libel and, and, and all these things. Uh, it's just... Uh, because uh, there's no retaliation in my heart against anyone, Amen. You want to do me wrong? It's it's, it's really uh, more than more than more than anything. I, I get concerned about you, because if you try to harm the innocent, and I will I will remain innocent. Uh, if you harm the innocent, the Lord is not pleased, Amen. He is not pleased with you harming the innocent. And and, and the folks that've done that. And look, uh, we, we've been at a church for 12 years, you know, actually you know 14 years now, and it's a one in a hundred. People that do these things, right? It's not—it's not like fifty-fifty or anything like that. It's one in a hundred. It's probably more than one, like more than one of a thousand. Uh, but they happen, right? Those things happen, uh, and, and I'm just one to retaliate against it, you know. And and one person said, well, you know, I could bring all kinds of people to the church, but I can't bring them to church, you know, if you're teaching like that. They said that, you know. I don't care. I mean, I just, you know, if, if they could just see how little I care, you know, they'd be just—they'd be hurt. You don't care? No. Not at all. Not even a little? No. Not zero. Just beep. I mean, just flatline. Just nothing, right? I mean, just because I'm called. Amen? I'm called. I'm, I'm, I can't say I'm the best pastor there ever was because I don't know all the pastors there ever was. Amen? Uh, but I'm called. And that's all i got to know. I'm called to be here. Amen? You're not called. What, are you God? Did you, did you suddenly drop from heaven and, and get the role of the head of the church? Are you now the Lord Jesus? I thought he called me. Uh, and look, people may well. I don't agree with that. You know, it just—it don't matter. And look, you have—if you—if you see things that need to happen, it's fine. I mean, you know, it's, uh, uh, my heart is open. If you, hey, you know, I think we should turn the chairs around, whatever. I mean, you're welcome to to voice your opinion. You know, I'm welcome to accept it or not accept it too, right? Uh, and, but you have a—I mean, you know, we, we all are adults, amen. Uh, and we ought to be able to act like adults. It seems really hard, especially it seems to me as much. Well, I say in the charismatic church, but. You know, I've seen Baptists brawl and fight outside. You know, because, you know, so and so, you know, he didn't receive communion just right. I mean, just I mean, fights and wars and stuff in churches. And in fact, Doctor Defrain, uh, I don't know if you remember anybody remember him, but he was on the earth. Uh, he was kind of rough and tumble growing up, and and he was uh, made a deacon. And one of the deacons said something against the pastor or the pastor's wife, and he just knocked him out in the parking lot, punched him out in the parking lot and, you know, knocked him to the ground, you know. How dare you say that against my pastor? I would encourage you, you don't need to do that. I don't need you to defend me, you know. Uh, that's not necessary. Uh, but uh, he was really, you know, he felt really strongly about you don't mess with the pastor, you know. Uh, and so, uh, so again, in, in this whole context there, it's not about, uh, you, you know, okay, only if they sue me for my shirt right because that's that's uh, uh he had the, the cloak and 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 um what was the other part that he called it um back in in um, uh take away that coat and the cloak where well, the coat was really your shirt and the cloak was really your coat there so uh it's king james there but um uh, it's it's are we going to turn into law it's only if they sue me for my shirt I mean, I got a nice shirt on. You really wanted? I just give it to you. I mean, if you really are, you going to sue me for my shirt? I mean, that seems kind of excessive, right? I guess that you'd have to take that to small claims court, right? You can't make that uh, take to the Supreme Court for that. Uh, But uh, so again, is is it the legalism of only if they're suing you for clothing items? No, it's the whole point of 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 you don't retaliate. You want to sue me? Just you know, just take it. No, no no big deal. Uh, The Lord will provide. He'll always provide, amen? But see, then you then you got other people who they'll think they can take advantage of that and say, well, I'm going to sue you for every shirt that you ever own. And you say, no. You can say no. You can say no without retaliating, amen? And, and that's the whole point is Jesus said no when they tried to kill him, right? Multiple times. He walked through the midst of them. He just said no. There's no retaliation, no, no anger in his heart about it. Uh, he just said no. You can't do that. And it's the same thing when you go on down about, uh, about giving there. Uh, give to everyone who asks. Uh, but even in that, it's it's you can give. You don't have to just give what they ask you. Sometimes giving them is what they need, amen? Sometimes they need to be told no. Uh, and I've told lots of people no over the years here at the church, right? I've told a lot of people yes, I've told a lot of people no. Uh, and, and how do you know? Well, the law of God is written in my heart. And I will know in that moment, Lord, do you want me to give them the money or do you just want me to give them an answer of something else? Uh, and, and so... Uh, because I've had people come to the church, well, the Bible says you're supposed to help the poor. And I've had people tell me that, you know, the Bible says you got, well, the Bible says a lot of things. Are you doing everything the Bible says, you know, because uh, Jesus said you'll always have the poor with you. And so uh, did he give to the poor when, when, when the lady came and broke the alabaster box and spread all the perfume on him? Did he no, 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 we got to give that to the poor. Did he do that instead? No, he let her do that. And so he violated his own, his own principles there, didn't he? No, he didn't violate his own principles uh, because uh, it's not a law, right? It's a principle of, of you don't retaliate you, and you be generous and you be kind. And those are the three principles of what Jesus is really saying in those verses is th- those principles are always true, amen? Sometimes being kind to somebody is telling them no. But the, the question for you is can, how do you tell them no? How, when you tell them no, what's in your heart? Are you telling them no out of retaliation? Are you telling them no out of anger? Are you telling them no to hurt them? See, that's what you've got to get out of your heart. There can't be any retaliation. Amen. All those people that have said those things about me, uh, I've, I've made it a point in my heart that that uh, if they ever walked in my church again, I wouldn't have any any ill will towards them at all. None, zero. could walk in, sit down, you know, be glad to see them, shake their hand, you know, hug their neck, uh, and, and then uh, then I'll put the camera on them, right? Keep it on them, but. Uh, but other than that, because there's some people, you gotta, you do have to do that, right? Some people, you just have to keep an eye on them because they're going to try to... They're wolves, right? They're, they're wolves and sheep clothing. In fact, I was talking to a pastor friend of mine. He had a wolf come in and, and took out like 20 people out of his church. Stirring things up, you know, building little ministries inside the church. And then he finally confronted them and they took him and, and like 20 people, like half his musicians and sound man and all kinds of people out of his church, you know, to hurt the church. So how, uh, you think that's going to work out good for that guy that did that, that hurt the church? No, no, no. What was in his heart, to retaliate. I'm going to show you. I'm going to take all your people out of here. Now, all the people that went with him were all foolish, right? I mean, why would you go with that guy? He's a loser, right? I mean, it just doesn't make any sense. But the people do that all the time, amen? And sometimes that happens. Sometimes as a pastor, you've got to, you've got to confront wolves, right? And say, hey, you, you can't operate like that. And unfortunately, the wolves will take out a few of the weak sheep and take them with them, right? Uh, but um, uh, I would encourage you, you know, don't ever fall for a wolf. amen. Right? Because there, there's, there's always going to be wolves, amen? Right now we're good, right? No wolves. Anybody a wolf in here? I don't see any wolves, you know? There's no, right? Today there's not any, right? Not, that I know in my heart, there's not any. Uh, but, uh, but the Lord's always, even months ahead of time, you know, he'll show me what's going to happen here. Uh, and, and then sometimes you can't do anything. You just got to watch it. You know, it's, it's happening. I know it's happening. Nothing I can do about it, amen? I uh, pray for the people that are here, that you all have wisdom because you all have the Holy Ghost in you. I have great confidence in the Holy Ghost in you. That's why I don't. I don't have to be your Holy Ghost. Amen. Uh, and so, uh, so I, uh, we don't have to retaliate. We don't have to, you know, and we don't have to be this martyr. Oh, hit me again. You know, th- there's nothing in the Word of God that says you've got to remain in an abusive situation, right? There's, you know, a lot of people, especially it seems like in marriages, oftentimes, more oftentimes than not, it's a woman gets in an abusive situation in a marriage and they, and they feel like, well, it's my fault, you know, blah, blah, blah. I've got to stay here and, and got to be abused. And there's nothing like that in the Word of God. Now, when I was with my pastor, uh, he did have me stay there, right? And it was an abusive in a sense of emotional uh, uh, conflict in my own heart, but he never physically abused me. And he did accuse me of all manner of evil. But, you know, in that case, that was my path, right? But that's rare. I mean, that's that's more often than not. You know, you would leave. Amen. Uh, but the Lord had me in that in that path. But if it was a physical abusive relationship, my 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 counsel would be: you walk out the door. You don't have to turn the other cheek and get beat up again physically. Amen. Especially by a, a man if you're a woman. Never. There's nothing in the Word of God. But a lot of weird things get in the church like that. Well, you got to turn the other cheek. You can turn the other cheek as you're walking down the road. Amen. As you walk out the door, you can turn the other cheek. Amen. Uh, and and so there's nothing like that in the word of god that would say the lord wants you to be in a situation because in my case he needed me to find the path where i could get the victory and i did while i was still there but they couldn't ever bother me again Uh, and and then you know then it served me well over the years but really it was there to help them and and that's another whole discussion there so so in in these things you know we can we looked at all those situations and and yet, even though the legalism is there about turning the other cheek and giving them the cloak, you know, going the extra mile, you know, you remember when when uh, the, the man Simon was was conscripted to take the cross for Jesus, right? And so he was I mean that's what it said, when you know when you're when when they when, when they force you to go one mile, go with them too. Well, when he got to the cross, Jesus didn't say, hey, now make another lap or two, because you've gone a mile now, you've got to go another two miles, you've know, got another extra mile. Did Jesus make him do that? No, so, I mean, I mean, that's that case right there where you got conscripted to go a mile or, you know, however long it was. Jesus would say, okay, now the law says you got to go an extra mile. But did, he, did Jesus do that? No, so we don't even see a case where those, those, the legalism of those scenarios took place even they had an opportunity to take place. The, those scenarios all happened, but they never, the legalistic aspects of those, those stories never happened, right? Turn the other cheek, going the extra mile, giving a cloak, those things didn't happen. The, the point is we've got to learn what he's trying to say, right? Uh, you are, in one sense, you're turning the other cheek by not retaliating. Uh, and, and sometimes we'll say, well, you just need to leave, right? Uh, and, you know, for that one fellow that said all those things to me, uh, you know, I, and I sincerely, you know, sincere in my heart, I said, I hope you find a pastor that can help you. I was sincere in that because I knew I couldn't help him. I was a failure in helping him. And, and, now, look, I can know I can help anybody, but it's a two-way street, right? It, it's, If you don't want any help, there's nothing I can do about it. There's nothing I can do about it. If you think you already know everything, you know, some people do. Uh, And and there's nothing I can do, right? Uh, And so maybe there's somebody else out there that can help you. And hopefully there is, amen? Uh, And so, but but what's in your heart? That's the question for Jesus that he asked, what's in your heart, right? Is there any retaliation? Is there any lists? Is there any thoughts about plans and strategies about how you're going to get back at them, right? And, and um, you know, you want my coat, you take my coat off. So, you know, you throw it at them, you know, well, that's retaliation. Amen. So can you do these things without it being in your heart? And that's for us to do, because, and the only way you can do that is you have to have great confidence that the Lord's always on your side. If you will get to that point in your life, that the Lord's always on your side, he'll always take care of you. It doesn't matter what people do or say about you. It doesn't matter what they take from you. Uh, what if they got one over you? I don't care. It still don't matter. It's, it, it doesn't matter at all. Amen. Uh, and i'll tell you this one story we'll go you know i, I, I had a motorcycle many years ago really nice you know uh, harley Davidson motorcycle and, and uh, had all this, you know by law you have harley you had a lot of chrome on your on your motorcycle right so we had a lot of chrome on it and it had all these extra uh, computer chips in there you know it was fuel injected and all this souped up stuff i didn't do that. i bought it that way and um but it was time to sell it so and you know friend friend of mine said hey i got a guy who wants to buy your buy your bike okay fine you know so we agreed to a price, you know, and it's fine. Okay, I'll, I'll take it. Great. And he calls me up a couple of days later. So now, you, now you're paying the 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 uh, sales tax on that bike for me too, right? I'm like, No. Why would I pay the sales tax on on the motorcycle? I'm not a dealer. I'm just a guy, a kind of motor- Well, you got to pay the sales tax. No, I don't have to pay the sales tax well you you have to you know, you're supposed to pay the. if I buy it you've got to pay the sales taxes you know it's like an extra thousand dollars right I mean by the time you go down and get it registered and pay the sales tax on it you've got to pay the sales tax somebody's got to pay the sales tax but I'm not paying it well uh, well, you, you're not much of a Christian if you don't pay the sales tax he loves that don't you love it? people you're not a Christian if you do that I'm not doing that you know and then you know what's worse is the guy that got us connected you know he was you know a member of our church too and uh, he said, I think you're going to have to pay the sales tax. So He was on the other guy's side, not my side. And I'm like, well, you know, anybody ever paid sales tax for somebody who bought a car from you? This is, isn't that dumb? Right? I mean, I just made. you know why he did that? Because he didn't have enough money to pay the sales tax, right? He wanted, I mean, it was a really nice, I mean, it was a really nice bike, right? I mean, I could have sold that any time, you know? And so finally I said, look, no problem, we'll just part our ways. I said, I'll sell the bike tomorrow, right? I have no problem selling this motorcycle. Well, well, you're not much of a man of your word. Then you're going back on your word. I said, "There's no word here." You know, we, we had a deal. You don't want the deal? I'll get the deal with somebody else, right? And and uh, but he kept. Pray. And then the friend, you know, you got to pay because the guy was, you know, I don't know if they like going to split the deal or what, you know. But yeah, you, I think you have to pay the sales tax. And I and I nearly and I nearly yielded to do it, you know. And, and my pastor called me up one day. He said, "You know, you have to pay the sales tax." And I'm like, okay and, and you know it's a long time ago but but uh, it was at least a confirmation because I knew him. i, like, I don 't pay the sales tax and, and so finally the guy did buy the motorcycle and he, and he was happy with it you know and uh, but in that case i didn't sense any any uh, sense in my heart that I needed to pay the sales tax now if i did and i 've done it the lord's you know t- sometimes you go give them money okay fine no problem but if, if there's no unction there i'm not doing it you know, there's, there's, there's no unction to, to yield to somebody in that sense. Now, I didn't retaliate against him. I didn't, you know, take him to court. I didn't sue him or anything like that. I didn't call him bad names. You know, he said I wasn't a man of my word, you know. Like, have you never met me? Uh, and, uh, you know, I didn't, there was no, I didn't take him to any kind of lawsuit or anything like that. There was no retaliation in my heart, but I didn't, I didn't pay a sales tax. And, well, you know, you're supposed to do that. I don't, you know, I, you should do what the Spirit of God tells you to do in that moment. If the Spirit of God tells you to, to go the extra mile and pay the sales tax, sometimes He might have you do that, right? And if He does that, no problem. I'll do it. I'll do it tomorrow, right? Uh, and and uh, we don't have time for some other stories, but I can tell you lots of stories where I have yielded in a situation like that and feel fine about it, right? No problem. I'll go the extra mile. If the Lord says do it, I'll, Yeah, I'll do it. No problem at all. I've done it plenty of times. Amen. If the Lord doesn't say Get extra mile, I'll be like my dog Clark. If he says he ain't going, he ain't going. I mean, he, he's short, but I mean, he sets them little four, four paws down. You cannot move him. He is a boat anchor, right? I mean, he, he, he is stout, right? And if, he, if, he, if he's not going, he's not going. Now, and, and now he doesn't have anything in his heart against you at all, right? But, um, um, and so the question is, what's in your heart? That's always the question, right? What's in your heart? And that's all you can fix, amen? You can't fix what people do to you, you say against you, you know, com- try to compel you. Well, you're a Christian, you've got to give me everything you have. No, not doing it. Not, not for a second, amen. And I could do that with a clear conscience, amen. Clear conscience, amen. Uh, and so, uh, if the law of God is written in my heart, then I'll know what to do in every circumstance, amen. And if I do need to go an extra mile, if I do need to, to give you my coat and my cloak, i, I got no problem doing it. But if the Spirit of God doesn't say to do it, then then I'm not doing it because that's the only way we'll know in every circumstance what to do. Amen. Uh, and we're thank are we thankful for that? See that makes everything easy, right? If it's a law, you know, then it's like, man, I really like that coat. I, you know, I really, I, I, my wife gave me that coat, and, and it's really important to me. Now some some loser's trying to take it from me, you know, Lord, and uh, and but but I got to give it to them, you know. You no, know, my wife gave me that coat. You can't have it. You know, get your own coat, right? Uh, store right down the road there right there right so um anyway praise god Let, let's pray and thank the lord for his word today so father we do thank you for the word of god and father we thank you that that we have the ability to never retaliate father we have the ability to always be generous father and to always be kind and in that father we can always do that we, we always have the capacity to do that and what that looks like father is dependent upon your spirit every single time what you would have us to say what you would have us to do father We'll have no retaliation in our hearts against anyone, Father, even if they come and they're out of the will of God and asking us to do something, Father, that's beyond your plan and will for our lives. And so, Father, we thank you for that. We give you the praise and the honor for the Lord in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, praise God. Um, it is the first of the month, and we usually receive communion, so if you, if you it's okay, if you've got just another minute, we'll receive communion, and then uh, we can receive an offering after that. Um, you know, in... in um, in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 11, Paul talks about um, uh, communion. And so I thought I'd read, uh, read uh, some of that here as Jared is, is uh, passing up, to everyone. So Paul said here in a, in a couple of places, he said um, in verse 23, this is in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23. He said, For I have received of the Lord that which, I also, that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And then when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. This do in the remembrance of me. So this is why we receive communion, right? We do this to remind ourselves that Jesus did this for us, right? He, he allowed his body to be broken for us, right? He was not a victim. Nobody snuck up on him and did this without his awareness. This was a plan from before the foundation of, of the world. Amen. And he chose to allow it to happen. Broken for us. Amen. It wasn't broken for the people that were doing it right. He wasn't just, just, you know, oh, well, hit me again. Uh, he did it with the thoughts of if they do this, if, if I allow them to do this to me, then I, I will pay the penalty for their, in this case for the, for the body, for their healing. Right. By his stripes, you were what? You were healed. So he did it consciously, right? And that really goes along with the lines of what we just read in Matthew 5. That If there, if there is a purpose in it, then it was allowed to happen. But look, Jesus was our substitutionary sacrifice, amen? Are we going to be a, a sacrifice for anybody? If you die for somebody, are they going to get to go to heaven because of that? No. So, you know, you've got to be careful not having this martyr mentality of, of always, I've always got to take the short end of every deal. But here, Jesus was our substitute. Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. So, so we remember that Jesus did this for us. We remember that Jesus did this for our bodies, that, that he took stripes on his body so that we can live in divine health. Amen. And of course, you know, we have healing school every Sunday at 3 p.m. And the whole purpose of healing school is really to, about this verse right here, that, that when Jesus took his stripes so that we could be healed, how do we live in that? How do we live in divine health every day? Because God's best, God's desire for all of us, for the church, is to live in divine health all the days of our life. Not just the sick always getting healed, but the well staying well. Uh, so that we're never sick. Amen? And that's God's ideal. That's God's best. Amen? And we have the right and the privilege of the church to live that way because of this verse right here, right? That he, he gave his body that was broken for us. Amen? It says uh, in verse 25, After the same manner... Also, he took the cup. Uh, and so that's the cup right here, right? And this is the, the bread which represents his body. He said, this cup is the New Testament in my blood. So his blood paid for uh, the, the New Testament, right? The, new, the word testament there is the word covenant, right? It's a new covenant. So he made a new covenant with us uh, in his blood. He purchased us by his blood. And that the purchase, the result of that purchase was the covenant, right? He established a new covenant sealed in blood with us. And, and so we have a brand new covenant. It's a, it's a better covenant than they had in the Old Testament. Amen. He, this cup is the new testament or the new covenant in my blood. This do you as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. So we remind ourselves that this blood, uh, of course, we know this blood also also, also washed away our sins, right? but it also purchased us a brand new covenant with the Lord Jesus, right? Remember the first covenant was sealed with blood with Abraham when he uh, established a covenant with God and he was circumcised uh, and the blood was shed to establish the fact that a a covenant had been established. Now we have a new covenant also sealed with blood in it, but it's sealed with greater blood than Abraham, right? I mean, Abraham shed blood, but Jesus shed blood and, and the blood of Jesus trumps the blood of Abraham all the time, right? So we have a new covenant uh, sealed in blood and then uh, all of our sins are washed away in that same blood. That's a pretty good deal, amen? Now, and, now, and the Lord, he, he wanted to focus on those two aspects of our new covenant. Brand new covenant on and, and a healed body. And he could have covered anything, right? Soundness of mind. It's not in, and that's not in communion, right? I mean, it's in ultimately in the covenant of that, but it's not specifically called out in communion, right? Communion is specifically called out about a new covenant and a healed body. Uh, and, if, and if we take those two things with us, we can take our healed bodies and go and tell the rest of the world about this new covenant. Amen. It's hard to take a sick body into the world and tell the world about a new covenant. Amen. And so that's part of why he set, he set it up that way. So let's pray and thank the Lord for, for uh, these things as we remember what he's done for us. And so, Father, we do thank you for this bread w- which represents your body. Father, you, you said it was broken for, for me, wasn't broken to appease anybody it wasn't broken just to be a martyr it was broken for a purpose so that I can live a life of divine health and father that's a great price you chose to do it and so we have faith and confidence in that father and we thank you father that each and every day we can live free from sickness and disease and we thank you for that in Jesus name and father we thank you for uh, this juice which represents your blood you said, Father, this is the New Testament, the New Covenant, Father, uh, established by blood, sealed by your blood, Father. And you said in your word that we have a better covenant based upon better promises. Father, covenant that you can live on the inside of us, Father, that your law is written in our hearts, that we know what to do in every circumstance, in every situation, Father, and that we cannot be defeated and we cannot be overcome because you live on the inside of us. And so we thank you for this, Father. We give you the praise and the honor for this blood in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, all right. Praise God. Is the Lord good? He's good all the time. Amen. He's good and faithful and kind to us. And we thank Him for that. Amen. So Jared comes to uh, click that there. Um well, let's get ready to receive, as dear let's get ready to receive this morning's tithes and offerings. And I just wanted to read a verse here. I know we know this verse. I thought it'd be good just to read it again in context here. This is in Philippians um, 4.19. It says, But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And so if you read the context of that, you have to go back up in the previous verses. Uh, Paul was, was, was commending the Philippians about how they had given into his ministry, right? How they had sowed into his ministry. And he said, as a result of that, as a result, as a result of your sowing, he said, my God shall supply all your need according to his riches. And I, like, I like that phrase there, according to his riches, measured by his riches where? In glory, right? So, so that's how he's going to meet your need is, uh, is according to what he has, right? Not according to the current economy, not according to the current... Uh, consumer price index or the level of inflation. He's going to do it according to his riches and glory. Uh, and, and, you know, we, and we should believe that. Amen? Uh, if we are faithful to give, because that's what he's talking about to the Philippians, the reason why they could declare that my God shall supply all their need is because they were faithful to give. right? He said once and again you gave unto my need. Uh, and, uh, you know, and I think uh, really the vast majority of Christians are sincere people that are giving people because it's what he said there in Mark chapter 5 or Matthew chapter 5 about being generous uh, because if, if that's really true that my God shall supply all of my need then, then why is it ever a, he- a hesitation to give? It should never be a hesitation to give, right? And we give according to the word of God according to the spirit of God in us, right? He said he wrote his laws in our hearts so we give according to what the spirit of God tells us to do, amen? It's not my job as a pastor to tell you what to give, amen? That would be inappropriate uh, it's the job of the Holy Spirit. And I have confidence in, in, in you and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Because I, I've i seen it. I've seen you all be blessed and see you all increase. Uh, and uh, and so uh, we have confidence that no matter what need we have, is he going to supply that need? He is, right? Why? Because we're generous people, right? We give to the Lord. Uh, and because of that, then he will give to me all of my need, all of my need, right? According to or measured by his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. That's pretty good. Amen. I'm glad it's not by, you know, what's the dollar doing today, right? What's the price of gold? You know, what's Bitcoin doing? Uh, it's, it's, when he looks around, what does he see? Streets of gold, you know, uh, pearl gates, right? Foundations of, of precious, uh, precious gemstones. Uh, the Lord's doing all right, amen? And yet, uh, there's a lot of people who get mad at the church because we, 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 Dare to mention money? So What's the problem? If you're going to be blessed, why is that a problem? Amen. It's only greedy people who think that, right? And I've met a few greedy Christians. You ever met a few greedy Christians, right? If they're greedy, they want your money. Well, get your own money, right? Uh, and and I've got my own money. Amen. Uh, and so, the the Lord is good. Amen. And He will supply all your need, all your need, every single need you'll ever think of, want or need in this life. He will meet according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Amen. And that's what he said, and we, we choose to believe that. Amen. So let's pray and thank the Lord for the opportunity to give. So, Father, we do thank you for that it's an opportunity to give. Uh, Father, we give according to the directions of your Spirit and our hearts about what you want us to do. And so, Father, we tithe faithfully. Father, we give according to your instructions. Uh, and we thank you, Father, as we do that. You said in your word that, uh, that you will supply all of our need according to, measured by, your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. We thank you for that, Father, in Jesus' name amen well come ahead mr jared and receive the offering and um we went to the uh, mark hankins uh, services this week and so they they uh, were good of course as, as always in fact the first night we went he didn't do anything i thought about just not giving anything right because they just they just sang the whole time and kind of worshipped the lord and it was kind of one of those services where nothing really happened and and uh, so we didn't give anything because it, you know no we did, we still gave um but it was just it was just a great time of, of ministry amen and then, um, in fact, I guess last uh, Friday night, did he, he didn't really preach much either. Yeah, he preached the offering, and then after that, all, all uh, uh, pandemonium happened, and, and then um, we went home, right? And so, that's kind of his ministry, right? Just wild things happen. People run around the church, you know. I mean, there's people rolling on the ground, right? Rolling right. around the church, you know, dancing the Holy Ghost a little bit, you know, and, and, um, and then we go home. And so... Uh, but it's still, it's the spirit, the spirit of worship and, and adoration is there. It was a really good time, refreshing times to be with the Lord. Amen. So praise God. Don't forget we have a healing school today at 3 o'clock. Uh, be blessed. And you're dismissed.